High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, horror fans, sci-fi fans, fans of Remix, fans of Kevin Dillon. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. Ooh, don't I love assigning you weekend homework. Now, if you were a good little slumber out there, you would have already done the mandatory homework of hitting that subscribe button wherever this is going into your ear holes. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the old Stitcher. And of course, while you're there, I'm sure you've already done this, but just in case, please leave a five-star rating or perhaps a positive review. And if you have another idea of spreading the love and joy of High School Slumber Party, let me know. But I believe the best way is by telling a friend about all the fun you can have here on High School Slumber Party. Of course, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I see you. I hear you guys. Thank you for participating as always. And if you're not, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Please, please participate. I want to know what you think about these episodes. I want to know what you think about these movies. I want to know what you think about everything. I'm that much of a control freak, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Of course, Friday we had an episode with Ryan Stick. He was our guest. We talked Dance of the Dead. Check that out on the archive, wherever you get your podcasts, or at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, the home of so many other great pop culture podcasts. I also went on Ryan's show. A video show, The Ryan Stick Show. So check that out on his YouTube page. We talked for a while, but I had a blast. I always have a blast talking to Ryan. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. And check out all the other great stuff he has on YouTube. He's doing so many great Halloween videos. That's some extra credit homework for you. Today, your homework was to watch The Blob, the 1988 version. We are not doing the original today. We'll do the original another time. Shawnee Mead, frequent guests. A guest we always have in the Halloween season. Remember her and Dan Cologne and me talked Lost Boys last year? That was awesome. Well, she brought another fun one to us this year, The Blob from 1988. And, of course, she's our guest, and we're going to have so much fun talking about it. But before we get into talking about The Blob, there's something I want to share. I've been teasing this. I recently had a nice little vacation, and I'm so excited to... Come on, guys. You know the drill by now. The bell does not dismiss you. I dismiss you. I'm about to tell you about my vacation. I know you all want to hear about it. Well, it was great. Went to the Pacific Northwest. 
Wanted to see some nature, but checked out the cities as well. Lots of, and I mean lots of, we'll say high school slumber party adjacent stuff. That's what we'll call it, right? I mean, Seattle is the home of a lot of movies. Uh, Fear with Marky Mark is based in Seattle. I don't know why that's the first one that came to my mind. Of course, Washington State is where Twilight is based, but that was filmed more in Oregon, which I also visited. Did not get to see the Twilight house. I wanted to. We just did not have enough time. It was hard to convince Mrs. High School Slumber Party to, you know, go 40 minutes out of the way. Just didn't really make sense. Well, it did for me, but anyway, I don't want to get into it. couple other things of note, though. Portland is a beautiful city. And, of course, Seattle's a beautiful city. The nature in those two states, Oregon and Washington, are both beautiful. The Columbia Gorge is beautiful. But the highlight, of course, was actually going to the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. I'll post my pictures. Oh, no, I already did post our pictures on social media. But, I mean, I can't tell you how much fun I had. In the brief time I was at that store, it gave me all the nostalgia and it made me realize why I do this very podcast. So check out our social media so you could see my trip to Bend, Oregon and the last blockbuster. Again, so much fun. Saw some teen films there. Well, I didn't watch them there. You know what I mean? I saw the copies of them. I got a fake rental card. I don't live in Bend, Oregon. I didn't get a real rental card. But one day, one day, hopefully I'll be back. Or one day, maybe blockbuster will take over once again. Who knows? (laughs) That was my trip. I'll probably seep out a little more and more throughout the episodes coming up. But let's get to today's episode. I know you're eager to hear Shawnee and my take on 1988's The Blob. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother to send me up Ryan's, because we're about to get our party on. And let's leave you with something off this Blob soundtrack. Let's see. How about this song? Brand New Love by Alien. Appropriate. Class dismissed. Welcome back, Shonita High School Slumber Party, and I always have you on in the spooky season of the year, so thank you so much for joining me. No, that's right, thank you for having me back. <laughs> Appreciate it as always. Do you remember how to introduce yourself on High School Slumber Party? Yes, I do. I'm Shawnee Mead. I graduated from high school in 2007 from Oakbank Area School. No mascot. <laughs> no mascot, a long, long story here on High School Slumber Party. Listen to Shawnee's other episodes to find that out yeah (laughs) (laughs) and today we're sparing all the listeners because we are not talking a kissing booth movie which is very very good very exciting i'm excited (laughs) yeah that's probably scarier than this and that's not an insult to the blob it's a good movie but it's more of an insult to the kissing booth but uh, (laughs) today we are talking the blob it was your suggestion shawnee so Mm -hmm. i have to ask why the blob what's your history with this movie um, well, I've seen the original a couple of times, but I hadn't seen this one until a couple of years ago. But I just thought, you know, I like the first blob is really fun. So I thought just an updated one would be fun. And it's actually 
I feel like it's even more fun. <laughs> but yes, on top of that, I do sort of have a personal connection to this ah, version of the film. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure people noticing the cast list have noticed that there's a Shawnee Smith in this film. And funnily enough, that's my name as well. Um, <laughs> but funnily enough, I was talking to my mum about this and I'm actually named Shawnee because of this film. What? Is that is that for real? Did you not know that? Um, I sort of did, but we kind of talked about it a bit more and then mum remembered some more stuff. But she kind of was thinking about calling me like Cheyenne or Dakota when she was pregnant. But my uncle teased her and said they were like hippie names. So then mum was like, well, I don't want to call them that now because you've just made fun of them. <laughs> <clears throat> but she already knew about the name Shawnee. But then um, this came out in 88 in the States, but it came out in 1989 in Australia so mum was pregnant with me at the time but one night she was just watching this version of the blob she'd seen Shawnee Smith in I think summer school yeah or but she sort of liked her as an actress but then she also liked how Shawnee looked up on the screen in lights so um yeah so that's why um I'm named Shawnee (laughs) wow that's crazy that's awesome like (laughs) at least she didn't watch the blob and was like I'm gonna name my child blob or something (laughs) yeah Yes. <laughs> or Kevin Dillon. <laughs> or Kevin Dillon, yes. <laughs> that might even be worse. I think it was. That's just my whole first name. Kevin Dillon. That's just one word. <laughs> wow. So this is a very, very significant movie in, in your life. It is. That's, cra- yeah. that's crazy. And again, to be clear, if you haven't gleaned it already, we are talking the 1988 slash uh, 89 version yeah. of The Blob. I had not seen this movie. I had heard of it, but I kind of was getting it confused with the original and stuff. I didn't realize there was two. I'm happy that you brought this one to me. Is this one you watch regularly on Halloween or kind of a surprise um, this year? I think this is the first time I've watched it on Halloween. I think I've only seen it once before, but it was just on TV. So I just decided to watch it, but it's a couple of years ago. Yeah, because it's not a hocus pocus. It's not a Halloween town. It's not a film like that. It's not a it's movie not. about halloween or anything like that but it is a scary movie but it's not like you know it's not a slasher it's not a it's gross Mm. in a sense the blob is gross but like people's heads aren't being chopped off like in like freddy or jason movies you know yeah they're more just being crushed from the inside that sort of thing (laughs) yeah yeah which again is gross in itself but it's definitely yeah it's not the most horrifying thing you've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's also not like a ghost or like a killer yes Mm. the blob is a killer but it's not i i don't know it's i don't go to sleep at night fearing the blob you know what i mean yeah no i'm not worried about that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's gonna blob me in my sleep (laughs) but this is i'll say it off the bat this was a really fun watch a really fun movie i'm excited to talk about it you actually sent me a message with the back of the dvd so i'm gonna read directly from that Mm. So is this your DVD? It is. Oh, nice. So, Well, it's important that you own the movie that you're named after, so. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Scream while there's still room to breathe. In a tiny California town, high school students Brian and Paul discover an unusual gelatinous substance with the ability to remove flesh off any living creatures in its path. The deadly blob-like matter infiltrates a town's sewer system and continues to grow exponentially, threatening the lives of unsuspecting townspeople. Th- that's a pretty good one. I think that's a pretty yeah. succinct one, right? Like th- that's. I think it sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> Love reading those back of DVDs and VHSs. 
as we mentioned, this is a remake of the 58 version, and you already mentioned you saw the 58 version. Yeah. Without getting too technical and in the weeds here, is it the same story, or is it just, like, about a blob? Um, I think it's overall, I think it's got, like, the same sort of, you know, bones to it. I, f- I don't remember. I think maybe the characters are sort of different characters, and it's slightly different in that way. But I think sort of overall it's just... There's some teens, they find this blob, it takes over the town. <clears throat> but I think more people die in this one. <laughs> we may need to watch the 58 version at one point to compare notes. Because I, I am very curious now. Mm, I think that one's mostly known for having a very fake-looking teenage Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually 28 at the time. So. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little bit off-air that like Steve McQueen's famous for that movie, but he's almost 30 so he would he would win our cameron fry award if i'm I'm sure he'll win it that when we cover it eventually but (laughs) the note i had on that was that chad mcqueen steve mcqueen's son who has had been in a couple movies i think he was in karate kid and some other stuff he was offered the part uh that kevin dylan eventually took but he turned it down because he didn't think the script was good and he just did not want to do gimmicky things that were just like remakes of his fa- father's stuff. He wanted to carve his own path. So more power to you, Chad. I get it. The bones of this film are really interesting. It's directed by Chuck Russell and written by him and Frank Darabond, who horror fans definitely know, and movie fans probably know Frank Darabond. Chuck Russell directed a movie that I covered on Mike Manzi's Third Time's a Charm podcast, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which actually... Again, I'm not the biggest horror person. That was actually a really fun, really good movie. And he wrote that with Frank Darabond. This was his follow-up, The Blob. This was the follow-up for the two of them. Eventually, Chuck Russell would go on to direct The Mask, uh, er Mm. Eraser, and movies like Scorpion King and other stuff. And Frank Darabond, I mean, I think he's, like I said, a lot more famous than than his partner here. He would do Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, The Mist. I know he was Mm. involved in Walking Dead for a little bit. These are two big names here that I had no idea were involved in this movie. Impressive lineup there. <laughs> and th- this movie, it was a flop when it came out. Uh, $19 million budget. $9 million of that went to visual effects. And it really didn't make a lot of money. But since then, it's become a cult classic. I've heard other people uh, talk about the movie a little bit. And yeah, I was surprised to see that it wasn't a hit at the time, but... That doesn't matter here in High School Slumber Party, as you, as you know. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and the other production note I had is that uh, Russell and Darabont, they didn't really have rules for what they wanted the blob to be. Uh, but their one note was that they wanted the basis of the creature to be an inside-out stomach. So, like, mm. the, the acid would just burn and melt, and it would almost eat you from the inside out. And I think they do a great job here. I, I love the yeah. fact that this movie, the again, the bad guy is nothing we really ever seen before. It's like a very unseen, mm. it's, it's a very interesting threat that like, you just never know where it's going to come from, never know what it's going to do. And you just kind of got to prepare for it. You know, what do you think of the, the blob visually in this film? Yeah, I thought it was good. Like, I feel like it has a good, it definitely has like a, it looks like real gloopy, gelatinous kind of stuff like I'm glad with this one they went sort of with a lot of practical effects it's someone clearly in a blob being like you know eaten with their acid so it's I think it's got like a really good look and it's creepy the way it's sort of just like 
seeps under things and comes out of drains and like it doesn't look like uber scary when you look but i feel like if you were there and it was happening it would be terrifying <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's what like adds to the fear factor to me right like mm. you just don't know what this thing is gonna do or what it's capable yeah. of it. and it moves relatively slow but not really right like it just feels slow because mm. we don't know where it's moving it's moving through the pipes you know what i mean so you again yeah. you just never know cast we already talked about shawnee smith here as meg uh, one of our leads, and, and you already mentioned it. She's in summer school. We talked about her when we did summer school years ago. Mm. And then I think for a younger generation, she's more famous as the heroine, if you will, of the Saw series, which I'm not really into because, again, I don't necessarily like stuff like that. But I think yeah, that that's cool. That, <laughs> it's cool that she had a se- uh, almost like a second career in horror, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, of course, Kevin Dillon, who we already mentioned as Brian <laughs> yeah. Flagg. I love him in this movie. Uh, John, Johnny Drama himself. Just as that like. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently they both had wigs on. Oh. But but Kevin Dillon's is way more noticeable. The hair. Mm. <laughs> the, but the leather jacket, the motorcycle, the mm-hmm. don't give a fuck attitude, you know, like just like it's so. It's so fun, again. I don't take this movie terribly seriously, you know? I don't think no. you're supposed to, right? Like, I think... Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're supposed to have fun when you watch it. And that makes his performance mm. just so great. Because, <laughs> I don't know, it harkens back to those movies of the 50s that were like this. There were so many other movies yeah. like The Blob, right? Well, that's what I liked about this, that it's clearly an 80s film, but they kind of infused it with some kind of 50s kind of vibes some of the characters seem like they could also be in a 50s movie like i think because everyone acts like he's this like you know the really tough guy around town but then you go like what does he do he just like rides his motorbike off really low bridges and like walks around like smoking and smirking like he actually like doesn't do it but the police all act like he's like the filth of the earth but like he's not that bad he's just like has a really bad attitude (laughs) yeah and you hit on something really cool right like it doesn't this movie doesn't look campy it's not like a straight up mm. horror comedy. It's not silly, but it is silly mm. in like what exactly is happening. And I love that marriage of cool effects, uh, a modern setting to the time, but still the throwbacks of of feel, you know? Mm. In the 90s and especially like the 2000s, you get these like hyper realistic uh, horror films. And then you have mm. today things like Midsommar that are just like, so high level and, and so weird. Like, this is so simple. And again, I mean simple in the most flattering terms. Like, you could just put this on and watch it, at least for me, and have a good time, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a good time. <laughs> and Kevin Dillon is perfect, perfect for that. A couple other people's names I wrote down that I recognize and clicked on their IMDb. Donovan Leach, I think that's his, that's his last name's pronounced. He was the other, like... Uh, he was the varsity jacket dude, right? Like the one who's originally uh. taken out Meg, Paul. He's the brother of Ioni Sky, who we saw, of oh. course, in Say Anything. Hmm. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's cool. <laughs> Jeffrey DeMunn, who plays the sheriff. I thought his face looked familiar, and he's actually doing a lot of stuff now. He's on that show Billions. He was also on uh. The Walking Dead. Maybe Frank Darabont met him here. Um, he was also on The Green Mile, so he obviously works with him a lot. I thought that was cool. Candy Clark is from is from American Graffiti. Hmm. But I was like, who, who was she in this movie? I don't know. I just saw the name, but I 
I don't know who that was. <laughs> it says Fran Hewitt. Oh, she was the um, lady at the diner. Yeah, so she she in American Graffiti was that uh, bombshell character, and she ended up winning the Academy Award for that film. And I didn't even recognize her in this, so thank you for pointing it out that it was the uh, she was the diner uh, owner, I guess, mm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, the Reverend Reverend Meeker is played by Del Close, improv legend. You know, he re- literally wrote the book on improv comedy, hmm. but I think uh, High School Slumber Party fans will recognize him as the teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off who's not Ben Stein. You know, there's that teacher uh, who's like yeah. teaching a really- The non-Bueller teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's like, the, yeah. he's, I forgot exactly what he says, but he's like really drawing out his words and the kids are falling asleep. <laughs> I think it's the teacher of when Sloane is in class and they take her out. Uh. In... What way does the author's use of the prison symbolize the protagonist's struggle? And how does this relate to our discussion of the uses of irony? But yeah, he, he's, a, again, a comedy legend, improv legend. Um, oh, right away I recognize this guy. The uh, pharmacist who ends up being uh, what, Shawnee Smith's dad, um, yeah. Art LaFleur. He's been in so many things. I recognized him from The Sandlot where he plays Babe Ruth. Uh, had you seen him in anything? Um, I can't, I couldn't think of anything, but I know I definitely have seen him and stuff his face is really familiar yeah it's one of those things that like you and i are gonna watch a ton of movies and then be like oh he's in this and he's in this you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've seen 50 things that he's been in <laughs> art lafleur so now we know his name mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one other person i wrote down was joe seneca who played dr meadows kind of the leader of the uh i don't know the government people in the hazmat suits mm-hmm. i hadn't really seen him in many things to be honest with you but I thought he was really, really great in this movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he stood out to me like among the cast of, I don't know, just his line delivery, his... So, again, I'd never seen this movie, so I didn't really know that those guys were going to be bad guys, you know? Yes, that is a weird kind of... Because usually in films like this, you know, the scientists are on your side. But this time the scientists were like the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I liked that twist. But I understand Mm. uh, we're in a very, in real life right now, we're in a very contentious time where people are trying to discredit scientists and a lot of people have Mm. conspiracy theories, right? Like, I don't want anything I say today to be misconstrued as that. I'm sure you don't want either. Uh, I think we're both pro-science, you know? Mm. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So when I say I like that twist, it's not because I like conspiracy theories or I don't believe in science (laughs) in real life, people. It was just like a good spin on the normal sci-fi alien formula sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. They were doing it rather than the creature was just doing it. I believe that in the original blob, it's just like an alien thing. Yeah, there's not like a whole government level going on but <laughs> but at least this wasn't like it was like a, a robot like like oz you know what i mean like it wasn't anything like mm. that either like it was actually a lethal threat it just happened that we created it and we could see it yes. as an allegory then and now of like 
you know, uh, human beings kind of trying to master their environment. This is a bio, the blob is actually a biological yeah. weapon. Yeah. And it's created by us human beings. And it probably will destroy the world at one point. So. Yes. I think it would very quickly get out of their control and it would just take over everything and there'd be no one left. <laughs> we'd all be blobbed. <laughs> yes. So you could also see it kind of as an like a allegory for things like pollution, right? Or nuclear yeah. weapons even. <laughs> so I, mm. I thought that was pretty cool. Not nuclear weapons, mm. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, what the perils of when humans think they know better than nature and try and mess with it. There you go. Better said than I did. <laughs> <laughs> any any other people in the cast or production stuff um, that you want to talk about really but i mean mainly just because i love twin peaks jack nance was in it for about five seconds just a couple of years before he was uh pete and twin peaks oh, so I thought that was like a fun that's cool little thing but he wasn't you know he was barely in it but <laughs> yeah I, for, I that didn't even click with me and you're so right <laughs> that's so cool awesome <laughs> good call <Yeah>. there <laughs> And also sort of Twin Peaks-ish, because this was a couple of years before Twin Peaks, but I kind of feel like Kevin Dillon's character is kind of like a proto-James Hurley from Twin Peaks. Oh my god, yeah. Like he thinks he's tough, but actually he's so irritating and everyone hates him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he's just annoying. When I was doing my research for our episode on uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, not that I'm not a Twin Peaks fan, but like I'm not a Twin Peaks scholar, we'll say, right? So I asked a lot of my uh, my friends who really loved Twin Peaks, and universally, they're like, James is the worst. Like, everyone said that. Yeah. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so funny you say that, Shawnee. I'm glad you make that Twin Peaks connection, because I didn't make it, but this has, obviously it's played out very differently, and you know, Twin mm. Peaks is a lot slower than this, but this has Twin Peaks vibes in that sense where there's like, certain characters feel like they're from the 50s in a modern setting or we don't even really know how modern it is right but like Mm. i don't know there's like the ambiguity of time at times on a lighter scale i see it here in the blob yeah maybe david lynch was watching this (laughs) maybe maybe or maybe uh maybe maybe his maybe maybe you know maybe jack nance was just like Mm. hey hey uh david uh, i'm filming (laughs) this movie you gotta check it out (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk some scenes and moments here and Mm-hmm. I kind of want to start off with how one of our first scenes is just pure, silly high school football, right? Like we are, yeah. <laughs> we are like dialing up to it 11 when it comes to just mm. like high school in this small town in, in a silly way, right? Like, yeah. And they make it sort of seem like the blobs already happened. Cause like we're going around the town, it's empty. Where is everyone? And we're like, oh, it's, is this going to be like, this is after the blob and then we're going to find out what happened. But actually it's just everyone in the town is at the football game. <laughs> yeah, which I loved. I thought that was so cool yeah. how they did that. I thought that was really <laughs> awesome because I was with you. I thought this was like an after thing. But mm. no, and it just shows A, high school football and B, just like how these kids are treated as like celebrities in their town. It's, yeah. it's that old uh, American stereotype, which is true in a lot of towns, right? Like <clears throat> almost the royal family of a town are... Football players and cheerleaders, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which makes the Kevin Dillon character so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then quickly, too, I, I liked the uh, the pharmacy uh, scene quickly, where 
Uh, mm-hmm. One of the guys is trying to buy condoms, and he kind of pins it on the other guy when the reverend comes, and how that bites him in the ass a little bit later because the pharmacist is yeah. is the girl's it dad. Meant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just looks up and says, "Ribbed." <laughs> and Meg's like, uh, "I don't know what's happening." But <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. pre-blob that I actually really enjoy. Like, there's a lot about this world that I like. Even the the two kids, right? Like arguing that they mm-hmm. want to go see like a horror movie and they're like it's like oh it's a gar- garden tool massacre is what it's called right like, <laughs> yeah. oh just just heads getting chopped off something along those lines don't worry there's <laughs> nothing bad like sex or anything like that like hmm, yeah. does everyone being totally mad <laughs> <laughs> but i do kind of like how the pre-blob it sets up that everyone in the town they've you know got something happening they've got something tomorrow that they're looking forward to they're kind of building you know their lives and it just makes it all the worse when then everyone just starts dying all over the place because it's like oh all that waste because like you have the sort of kind of sideline of like the sheriff and the lady from the diner they're maybe gonna have like a you know romance but then that doesn't happen and then Megan Paul you think that's gonna be because in a lot of films like this he would be the yeah, main guy yeah hiding off the blob but the fact that very quickly he gets blobbed and it's like it just comes out of nowhere and then Kevin Dillon becomes the main guy it's sort of this weird switch on the whole thing because usually it would be like the tough kind of guy he'd be killed but I loved it I loved it and I'm, I'm sincere when I say I love the opening part of the film pre-blob because you're right it's setting mm-hmm. up so many things and because we're seeing tropes like high school football and cheerleaders and the nicer jock taking the girl out right mm. We are really led to believe that that's going to be the main storyline. And who knows yeah. the, who the bad guy, Kevin <laughs> Dillon, like who knows what he's going to be up to, right? But Yeah, because he kind of leaves and then you go like, oh, okay, well, he's just disappearing. And then like we're back to this couple. But then very quickly he has to come back because Paul's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I loved it. So the blob falls out of the sky and mm-hmm. on an American satellite. But, you know, we don't know all this information yet. We see that it's on a satellite, but... Yeah, we think it's just a meteor, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you could glean some clues here or there, but, you know, if, you, if you're if you just watching and you're not trying to guess everything happening, you're just along for the ride. Um, that, mm-hmm. that old man is the first one to encounter it. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. He gets blobbed, and hijinks mm-hmm. ensue for us in the movie. The blob's <laughs> out to get the town. But again, I love yeah. how this isn't like a Japanese kaiju style. Like we're not watching Godzilla Rampage, you know what I mean? Or, or it's nothing mm. like that. It's a weird, slow kind of unexpected thing that it's hard to explain. You know what I mean? Because it would be in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And then straight away, it's kind of like a few people have seen what's happened, but then everyone else either doesn't know what's going on or they don't believe Meg when she says that, you know. Someone just got blobbed in front of her because you probably wouldn't believe that. But, uh, yeah, but but that bit seems awful. But she's trying to explain it to her mom, and she's like, "Well, like you know," and she's like, "Do you believe me?" And she's like, "Well, you're home now, you're safe." And then gives her like sleeping pills. Like we'll just we won't talk about it. We'll just medicate you, and it'll be go- it'll go away tomorrow. <laughs> but then Meg has to sneak out. Like I have to save the town. But yeah, I I love. I love the Meg character. I really do because she's mm. not just your classic damsel in distress. I mean, she is to an extent. I'm not going to say you know Joan of Arc here or anything like that, but she's also not. Um, there's a point later in the movie where Kevin Dillon is like, "No, we got to save ourselves," and leaves, and she's like, "No, I need to save the town." 
Yes, because I've actually got people I want to save. I care about other people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that line. Mm. So cool. <laughs> Some of the quick early deaths, of, of course, as we mentioned, Paul gets blobbed, which I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked by. But how about his friend? Ugh. I was happy when he died. But uh, he, uh, Yeah, I was totally happy when he got blobbed. Ugh. He's taking a he gr- totally deserves that. <clears throat> he's taking a girl out and she's she's passed out in the front of almost passed out in the front of his car and he's essentially taking advantage of her. It's a great visual, but I can't believe he has a full bartending station in his trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and this box of rings where he pretends that they're all his class ring, but he's got like a hundred in a box and he just passes them out to all the girls. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like a, the sleaze among sleaze. Yeah. I mean, it was awful that she had to die, but I sort of Fair. feel like it was, he deserved like that punishment of like, he was trying to take advantage of her. And then actually from inside of her, the blob killed him. So it was like, it was the perfect, like, you know, Way for him to die. Absolutely. <laughs> she was sort of killing him, like, you know. <laughs> it's better, huh? Oh, no? Oh, well, I'll, I'll just... I'm gonna do another one, then. Okay. Oh. Again, we apologize for her sacrifice, but we, yes. you know, we thank her for it because this guy, <laughs> this guy needed to die. And then very quickly that you think like the sheriff, the sheriff usually hangs around. They're usually the one at the end helping the teens to fix everything. But like, you know, he's another surprise. All of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Like they're picking off all the people that we think are going to su- survive. Yeah. And, and I then love like, it. I feel like probably everyone from the hospital has gone. Then everyone at the diner because there's a whole scene that friends sort of almost offering them kind of shelter so they're both in there talking what's happening but then all of a sudden the blob is in the diner in that really gross bit where it sucks the guy into like the garbage disposal oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and then fran's gone and it's kind of like all of a sudden we've kind of like all of the adults that could help them have just like they're gone. They're yeah, out, taken out. Good, good or bad, they're all like, dro- like mm. dropping like flies. Yeah. I wrote down like a- around now. Basically, it's clear to us that our two heroes are going to be Kevin. I know not literally Kevin Dillon. What is his name? Hold on. <laughs> Brian. Brian, of course. Yeah, uh, because everyone just calls him his surname. Yeah. Oh, how could I forget? His name's Brian. My name. <laughs> Brian <laughs> and Meg are going to be. Are Brian and Shawnee are going to be our heroes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if I get to be the final girl, that's exciting. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but again, I love his lines because some of them are so cheesy, but it works so good for the character. Yeah. He's like, I feel like Hansel and Gretel. I wish we had breadcrumbs. Like, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> uh, and she's kind of like, I wish you'd just stop doing wisecracks. Like, I'm actually trying to fix everything, and you're just like, why are you even here? You're not really helping me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I couldn't agree more and the the movie kind of makes this switch when they do go back to the the scene of the crime if you will and they mm. meet those government agents in hazmat suits i mm. love the visual of it i love the way they're talking and at this point they do actually seem like allies because that's what we're used to yeah in mm. movies and 
Dr. Meadows, who I mentioned is Joe, Joe Seneca, mm-hmm. he's like kind of calming them. Like, oh, you know how an asteroid, not, I mean, it's not calm to know this. Like, an asteroid killed the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. This could potentially be it. Um, we're here to research it, but don't worry. We're going to quarantine the town. Mm. And at this point, as a first-time watcher, I'm trusting him. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, they seem like they know what's happening. They've been brought in. They're the experts on it. They're going to, you know, fix everything, keep everyone safe. But then, you know, they load them up to go back to the town. And, I mean, it seems awful that he just leaps out and goes, like, I'm not going to help everyone. I'm going to go because I've just got to protect myself. <laughs> but then I suppose it was lucky he did. Yes. Because we only find out the twist because he goes back and is listening in the bushes and sort of, you know, they tell, they sort of lay out the whole evil testing bioweapon plan for the town. Yeah, so they basically made this biological weapon to probably be used against Russia in the Cold War and, you know, essentially for safekeeping, they stored it in space and the satellite came crashing down to Earth, essentially. Mm. But instead of... I mean, some of the scientists are worried, but a lot of the scientists are like, oh, wow, this thing's actually killing. This is awesome. This is going to change warfare yeah. forever. I think uh, mm. Meadows is like, you know, the dynamic of power is going to shift forever on the planet. And it's like, oh, you don't know what you're controlling here. Yeah, because I think it's already clear that they sort of didn't really know exactly how the weapon was going to manifest. Like, they seem a bit surprised that it's a block because they don't really seem to know how to control it either they have kind of no idea what the blob is what you do with it how you stop it (laughs) but they know enough they know about it where they're not like what is this oh my god you know and that they can get excited because it's like Mm. probably in their research or maybe they were on the project to develop this thing like it's exceeding their wildest expectations but that's that should be seen as not a good thing but to some of them it is and again i love the tug and pull between these scientists, mm. how they're willing to sacrifice people and sacrifice the town to harness yeah. this and potentially use it, which we all know is a silly idea. We, we all know the power of the block. Yeah. I'm really sorry. We should have done this earlier. Because you should have done your homework out there, slumberers. But if you didn't, Shawnee, how would you describe the blob? Let's say you were in this town and you had to call the police or you were at that hospital. That hospital seems great too. But mm. you were at that hospital and you have to just describe to, as a witness, what the blob looks like. How would you describe it? Um, well, I'd probably say it's this big sort of lumpy, sort of semi-translucent pink slime Glob, globular sort of thing. Maybe I'd say it was a blob because it's got a very blobby. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of not like an even shape either. It's this sort of weird, like gloopy sort of shape, and it seems possibly to be aesthetic because it's like you know dissolving people as it's sucking them into the blob. So it's kind of and it you know it works. I think pretty much once you get like grabbed by the blob, you're pretty much just gone in like five seconds. But it seems that it sort of gets bigger because it just kind of absorbs the flesh of the people that it's blobbed. So it kind of seems to be getting, but then half the time when it's like sliming around things, you see like a face of someone that it's like just eaten. It sort of just like takes its like power almost from the energy that it's absorbing, I think. But Yeah. And it has, it has an intelligence, but it's not like a uh, super Mm. high level intelligence. It's a very animalistic intelligence. It's like, I think it's more just like a sort of, enough intelligence to kind of survive and get its prey but that's kind of doesn't really think any further than that 
Yeah, it's not like solving, like the logic problems can solve us how to get in places, but when you're a gelatinous yeah. blob, it's not as hard, you know? Yeah, you can just blob <laughs> anywhere. It's easy. Slime up something, you can slime under something, you, then it gets into the sewer system, so that's perfect, because it can just like pop up everywhere, through any grate, through the air conditioning. Marvel, take note, this is one of the most unique bad guys in films so maybe he needs to be added to the mcu i don't know maybe maybe (laughs) mcu blob (laughs) and you know what i like about this movie too it's a really short movie yeah we learn a lot of information in a short amount of time it doesn't get bogged Mm. down in the minutiae yeah i'm glad there's not like a lot of exposition we kind of just find out as it's happening we don't find out more than we need to nothing's weighed down with like you know formulas of how they created the blob we just find out as we go what we need to and you know doesn't muck around with that kind of stuff and it just Let's you have the time to just soak in all the blob stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. All the blob action. All the blob action. <laughs> we learn the blob's weakness because uh, yes. who is it with the fire extinguisher? Um, I think we actually learn a tiny bit before because when they're hiding out in the diner, they oh, go into the freezer. You're right. And then they right. sort of notice that the blob's trying to come in, but then it leaves because it doesn't like the cold. But I think they haven't realized that yet. But yeah, then the scientists decide to just go around and like you know have flamethrowers like they're just grenades they're just blowing up the blob and then they have no idea but actually the heat makes it get bigger and makes it angry (laughs) (laughs) and then sort of yeah then meg kind of goes oh hang on wait now i'm remembering and then she realizes that it hates cold you you know it's funny that like i kind of realized that at, at the end of the film this was a biological weapon design in the cold war to beat russia and mm. russia's really cold so it wouldn't have worked there anyway yeah. Yeah, it would like, mm, like end up in russia and then that would be then they'd go like oh i just found some like crystals on the ground what was that Man, whatever <laughs> and it would never become the blob could the blob destroy humanity yes because if you destroy all the warm mm. places the rest of the planet would just go anyway because of just ecological disaster yeah. so i'm not like downplaying the impact of the blob it is interesting though on a micro level yeah how much this experiment failed i'll just <laughs> say that yeah definitely but and i love the bit in the cinema because yes. it just that has like a very kind of 50s kind of you know throwback bit but yes another person doing something awful this time a guy talking during a film <laughs> he gets taken out by the blob so everyone's like yes <laughs> second second or third worst him. person in the movie the guy talking to Yeah. Him. Did you know that 10 years ago tonight, there was a horrible murder in this house? No, no way. <laughs> this man? You'll love this. He hot girls her to death. <laughs> Mr. We're trying to watch you. But yeah, I love that the like, you know, the two little kids are there they're at this really gross film and then all of a sudden i think it's friday one of the friday the 13th yeah i wasn't sure like it looked sort of like a real movie that they're watching but then i was like maybe they're just filming a fake i'm not sure but they they showed like jason with the hockey mask and the Ah. chainsaw Mm. but i don't know they could have made up a friday the 13th for this as well i'm not i'm not a friday the 13th scholar so i don't know but (laughs) because because remember they called it chainsaw something before so like garden chainsaw or something so yeah they could have just or been tool shed massacre or yeah tool so shed, like yeah. A, yeah so they could have just been like mocking friday the 13th i i'm not exactly yeah, sure they probably were but yeah <laughs> it sort of gets into the air condition 
But this also seems weird because the whole time everyone else in the town keeps talking about how hot it is. But then in the beginning of the film, when they go on their date, Meg's wearing a cashmere sweater. Oh, that's right. But then everyone keeps going like, it's so hot. It's so hot in here. In the, in the cinema, the guy's like melting in the projection room because the air conditioning's gone out because the blob's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that bit's really scary because then that guy, we sort of cut away and don't know what happens to him. And then the manager of the cinema comes in and he's on the ceiling in the blob <laughs> which is really fair because then the guy gets all like gloopy and dripping onto the floor yeah it's super cool visually it, it really really is yes yeah. and then when it comes through the screen so it's kind of like blob in 3d it's just like seeping out of the cinema screen into the crowd <laughs> i will always take the coming out of the screen shot in a movie you know at a movie yes. theater right like, this is a really fun movie to probably see in the theater or see at, like, a drive-in or something for that reason. Yeah. It'd be good in 3D, like, if you could go back and do a 3D. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, what do you think of the ending here with, uh, obviously, the blob getting out of control, the mm. them escaping to the sewers at times? Uh... Um, yeah, I think the ending is sort of... Because I think once they figure out how to get rid of the blob... Because then Meg's sort of trying to fight it off with a fire extinguisher, but then that runs out. It sort of seems almost like everything is lost, but then all of a sudden you go like, where did Brian go again? And then he's like driving through the town with a snow machine. <laughs> yeah. Why do they have one of those? Does that ever explain? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like a snow maker, snow master. And I was like, I don't know why they have this. Is this like, does it not get snowy enough at Christmas? They have to like <laughs> put the snow out into the street. I don't not actually sure why they had that, but it's I, lucky they did. <laughs> I thought I missed a line or something like that. It was like a, a resort town or something like that in the winter. Yeah, people ski there. Because it just kind of seems like middle America. It didn't really seem that like they'd be near the snow. I don't really know. But it that's a that's a bit of a, you know, plot <laughs> hole. But it's like it's it's fine because it does what it's supposed to. <laughs> but yeah, then he kind of gets blobbed, which seems terrible, but then Shawnee Smith goes like full like Ripley mode for a minute. She like gets this like massive gun and like all this ammo and she's kind of shooting at it to get it away from Brian. And then it's awesome. Decides to blow up. What does she blow up? Oh, she blows up like the engine of the the container thing that had all the snow in it. So she's like gonna blow that up. But then she tries to leap away and then her foot gets caught and then luckily Brian escapes and then he helps her escape and then all of a sudden this massive explosion and then it just, it kind of really looks really nice because then it's it like does. it's all like glittery and like it's snowing and like everyone runs out of the bank and they're like, oh wow, this is so nice. And then, yeah, we saw that when the blob gets frozen, it turns into crystals. So then that's kind of like sprinkling the whole town.
But I liked at the end that they never threw in that Meg and Brian were sort of having a romance just because they got thrown together. Like it was more just they were helping each other get through because they hugged at the end, but it wasn't like a forced kind of, you know, now they're in love because they've gone through the blob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And that was honestly great. It just mm. kind of it just kind of ended. Yeah. Maybe they'll get together. Maybe they won't. Who the hell knows? Mm. You know what I mean? It didn't really matter. Um, but you're, yeah. you're, you're so right. Like, I'm not a big, like, gun, I'm not a gun person at all, to be fair. But yeah, Shawnee, no, sh- sh- but Shawnee Smith with those guns, like mm. with the gun just looking <laughs> badass was very cool. So. Well, just as a visual, it was very like, this is very like, awesome kind of final girl kind of stuff that yeah. was going on. Like, it was just like, you know. She's all like mucky. She's been running around like her clothes are all ripped, and she's just like shooting this massive gun thing at the blob and going all like, you know, she's just all literally guns blazing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just the snow ending. It looks pretty. It, it it's fun, and you're almost like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> the length is so important to me because we didn't have to mm. wait out through like just exposition to get to this ending. So it's more satisfying because. You're like, what the hell? What just happened? Like, and I don't think anyone really mm. knows. Uh, well, the, yeah, the government does, like, but the people tomorrow, don't. like, they'll still be like, I don't really know what happened in the town tonight. Like, I don't. I thought they're going to be debriefing that for a while, or not. They'll just kind of all move on and go like, what was that? But hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's just not talk about that again. And then we get this final scene, right? Like with the, mm. I don't know. Some time has passed. The Reverend looks. Uh, I, I don't know. How would you describe the way he looks? Definitely different. Yeah, well, I think he's. Because now he's, like, in, like, a traveling tent. He's, like, going around the country, kind of, like, preaching about the end of days that has something to do with the blob. Like, he's sort of gone, he's kind of gone rogue. He's now just out spreading. And because he got burnt in sort of something that was happening in the town, he's kind of, like, half of the side of his face is burnt and something happened to one of his eyes. And, like, he's sort of got this kind of rogue preacher thing going on. But then it creepily sort of ends that, like, because he collected some crystals in a jar. Yeah, but then it's like thawed. yeah, and then someone comes in and goes like, "When's the apocalypse gonna come?" And he's kind of like, "Very soon." And then he looks down, and in the jar, there's a tiny blob. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess it's been like thawing this entire time, and he's ready to like yeah. unleash this and welcome the apocalypse. You're like, "What?" Which is like, it does throw you because it kind of goes like, "Okay, that's good. We've saved it. The blob's gone." But then you go like, "Whoa, hang hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, like the, either they were setting up sequels or they just wanted to leave you on that note. I'm not sure, yeah. but. It is a very different note than where we end because, like we said, we could just go back to Pleasantville essentially at the ending of this, and it's like, oh, well, that was a weird night. A lot of people died, but mm. yeah, I mean, you could see a version of this where they play football the next week, right? Yeah, and it's just like you know they rebuild parts of the town, and then we just go back to normal. And <laughs> but yeah, it kind of leaves you on like a really creepy, ambiguous sort of note about like you know what's going to come next. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the body count officially is 16, hmm. which is high, and that mm. counts three people in the theater and all the other people. But, however, because it's like a town thing and it's not like a murderer, the body count was probably much more. We just didn't see it happen on screen. Yeah. Again, fun movie. Easy e- easy watch, I think. So uh, any any other thing you want to mention about The Blob, or shall we go to our questions and awards? Um, No, I think we've kind of, you know... I think we've been as succinct as the movie length was, so I think we can move into some questions. <laughs> All right, who was this movie made for? Well, I feel like it was made for teens, horror fans, that kind of thing, but maybe also, you know, 
fans of the original. I feel like it's kind of, but probably mostly just, you know, teens. Yeah, I, I don't think there was a lot of fans of the original at that point, right? Like maybe, I think it was, I'll say this, yes, teens, but I also think it was made for the filmmakers, right? I think they made it for themselves. I think they yeah. probably <laughs> love the original. They love this kind of stuff. And it seemed like they had a lot of fun making this movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie? Um, well, I sort of felt like it was Meg. I don't know. I think she won the film. I think, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think I, my celebrity namesake, I think she won the film. <laughs> the guy she was going on a date with died, but he wasn't that great anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, yeah, she won the film. She, she, I mean, that yeah. one that one little kid died, but he was the worst. Yeah. He was the worst of the two kids, let's be honest. Yeah, and he wasn't her brother. So exactly. Was <laughs> he was someone else's kid. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go with Meg as well. Even though I kept mixing up the kids and then I was like, hang on, wait, which one's her brother? Then I was like, is he the one being taken? I'm glad. I'm like, oh, no, it's all right. It's the other one. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Shoni, because yes. <laughs> why did they cast two kids who looked exactly alike who weren't related? Like, I don't Yeah, understand. and then because they were both at her house before, I was like, I'm not actually sure which one belongs to this house. I don't know who's who. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just cast someone else, you know? <laughs> yeah, cast them like a dog-head kid. Someone with different color hair. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Wooderson Award. Is there a character in this film that you would have liked to have seen more of? Um, not really sure. I feel like maybe everyone... Yeah, I think everyone kind of had enough screen time, I think, because... Yeah. I think it was fine, really, I think. Yeah, there was a there was a good balance, honestly. If I had to pick someone, and this is before I knew the, the actress, but I did like uh, the diner owner, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think just that whole thing just seemed really unfair because she seemed really lovely and, you know, she was planning some stuff, you know, for tomorrow. So that was, yeah. But it might have made it seem even sadder if we'd gotten to know her a bit more. True. That is a good point. <laughs> Alright, Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Um, I mean, probably like Paul's gross friend, but then it was fun to see him be killed. Yeah! I don't know. <laughs> so I took like a sort of glee out of watching that. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think we've been saying it the whole time, though, that this movie is so uh, compact that there's not a lot mm. of extra characters like that so i for, for like long duck dong purposes is this a bad dude sure but he's also not glorified you know no one's like yeah like we're happy when he dies so yeah yeah really... and he totally gets his you know just dessert so his yeah. comeuppance yeah cameron fry award did did anyone look too old to be a high schooler what'd you think of uh um... our principals and they, uh, I don't look... think they did, because um, I think Shawnee Smith was 19, so like, you know, that's fine. And I think Kevin Dillon was 23, but he looked kind of younger than that. So I think they looked legit as teens. I feel like all the other teens looked the right age. So I think, no, I think it was, you know, I don't think there were any Camerons running around in this one. No, <laughs> I, maybe we'll just have to, you know, like I said, wait till we cover the original blob and give it to Steve McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> OG Cameron Fry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The moment of truth, Shawnee. The old manila cardstock, the red pen, handing it to you. A plus to F scale. We have to grade the blob, but first, of course, our little cheat sheet. We are going to check online and see what the critics said about... 1988's mm -hmm. The Blob, 
62% by the critics, 56% by the audience. But Hmm. this is important to note because we also, of course, consult our little nerd friends on Letterboxd, don't we? Mm-hmm. 3.6 out of 5, which is actually a really good letterbox score, as we know here. Almost nothing hits 4. Yeah, but that's 3.6 is, you know, that's decent. Yeah, that's... And then often you look through the individual reviews and there's a lot of, like, 4s and 5s and, like, but, you know, that's a good... Letterbox-wise, that's a really good average score. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They do that little scale thing on the side. Yeah. And if you look at it, it's really tilted, mm. you know, left. There's very few zeros yes very few zeros on it which is like uh there's 1468 five stars and 58 zero stars so Mm. it evens out at 3.6 but it's like weighted yeah you know so that's that's great so the film nerds like this film yeah well i haven't upped my letterboxd i had a 3.5 and i upped it to four last night Ooh. so so is that gonna is that a hint of what your grade will be here on high school um yes I think I'm going to go, yeah, so it probably would have been a B plus, but I think now I'm going to give it an A. Nice. You know, I wrote down a B plus when I started this conversation, but as we talk about it and reliving it and just the fun we've had, I would watch this again. I'm going to give it an A minus. Nice. Solid grade. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to recommend this to people to, to put to put on because, again, just good, clean fun, ironically, because it's a blob. But yeah. Good. <laughs> good blobby fun. Good acidic blob fun. <laughs> this should be a, this should be an interesting one today. If you and I, Shoni, are at our The Blob slumber party mm-hmm. and we have our custom sleeping bags, what does your sleeping bag look like? Um... Mm. Well, I think it's going to sort of look a bit like the Blob Crystal. So it's kind of going to have like Ooh. a kind of crystally, pinky, purpley blue sort of, maybe sort of ombre kind of feel to it, I think. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Right. Mine is going to look like the hazmat suits. <laughs> White, clean. And you can even like zip your head into like a hazmat hood. Exactly. Just zip your like head into the hood. <laughs> <laughs> And it'll have like the screen over and everything, and you'll have like a funny, like robotic voice because you'll have to speak through the. <laughs> I love that. Again, I loved that. The audio in this film was awesome. All right. We're at the magical blockbuster, Shawnee, that has every mm. film that has ever existed. We know for our slumber party that we are renting the blob, but we get to the front counter mm-hmm. and we see a sign. The sign says rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Shawnee, go to the back. You already suggested the blob, and I appreciate it. But pick two other movies that we can watch on our slumber party tonight. What are your two other recommendations? Blah, blah, blah. So you've made it a bit difficult. Now I was going to just cheat and have the original blob, but I can't. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think maybe something, something kind of B-movie, something 50s, just to kind of go with it. I think maybe I'm going to pick... Oh, no, I think I'm going to have to Google this and tell you the date of it. But I think I'm going to pick Tarantula. Tarantula. Nice. Because that is a, I think that's a, that's a 50s one. It's about like a tarantula that something <laughs> happens and then it becomes giant and takes over a small mid-American town. So I think that. Perfect. We can watch that one. Um, oh, something else. Um, can I give a suggestion? Can I help? Yes, you definitely can. <laughs> so. There's another movie in the 80s that was a remake of an older movie that sounds mm-hmm. like The Blob. It stars Jeff Goldblum, and that's The Fly. 
Ah, yes. I was trying to think of something kind of 80s and a bit like gross, but that's probably a good, that's a good pick. <laughs> so we'll work on this one together. So I like that tarantula. And yeah. it makes sense with tarantula too, bugs sort of, right? They're all kind of like, you know, the blob's sort of not really natural, but they're all kind of animal-esque things. Spiders, yeah. flies, blobs, you know. <laughs> and I feel like spiders and flies would eat blobs. So like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shawnee, it's always a blast having you around Halloween season. Yes, I think I love Halloween season. It's my favorite. So I'm always happy to come back on the podcast in spooky season. <laughs> you usually have some good Halloween clothes and some <laughs> pins and you usually decorate well. So Yes, we're all decorated. We're all done. We've got the graveyard out the front now. So uh... Nice. Love it. Love nice. hearing that. <laughs> well, have a happy <laughs> Halloween. Enjoy your Halloween season. Thank you for bringing me the blob and... Looking forward to our next episode. You are going to be on one of our reunion, high school reunion movies. Yes, I'm excited about this one. (laughs) uh, Listeners can look forward to that. And uh, once again, Mm. Shawnee, tell everyone where they can follow you and find you. All right. um, Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm just at Shawnee Mead. Yeah, I'm pretty much exclusively only tweeting about Halloween and Halloween films at the moment. So uh, that's what you can expect on my Twitter (laughs) until November. (laughs) And then I'll probably be moving into Christmas shortly after that so <laughs> but happy halloween season everyone and yeah get spooky out there <laughs> thanks shoni or inside yeah or inside <laughs> thanks, Brian. i'll uh, chat to you soon huge high school slumber party thank you to shoni mead we love bringing her on for halloween because she has that halloween spirit who doesn't love that beautiful beautiful halloween spirit <laughs> and this was a gem i had never seen it I'm going to start putting it in my October rotation now, or just my rotation forever. Kevin Dillon, awesome. (laughs) Love, love the blob, as you can tell in this episode. But of course, our Halloween season isn't ending yet. We have one more week to the day, just about, right? So let's do it. Let's have a movie for Friday. And we're going to bring back a guy who's been away for a while. I know I burnt him out with our Corey's lap, but he'll be back Finally, back in school, playing hooky this entire time. Mike Manzi will be here. We're going to talk The Slumber Party Massacre. And you're like, what? You guys have talked that movie, and you've talked all its sequels. What are you talking about? Well, there's a new Slumber Party Massacre. It's a sci-fi movie. And honestly, I actually kind of dug it. So your homework is to check out this movie on sci-fi. It's available on demand. Or find someone who has the channel. or You can find it somewhere. You can rent it, I think, now, too. And that is... 2021's Slumber Party Massacre. It's time to start the slumber party! Stay inside. Stay quiet. Stay safe. Hello? Woo! So this Friday, final Halloween movie we'll be covering will be 2021 Slumber Party Massacre from the Sci-Fi Channel. <sighs> it's getting about time for bed, though. Time to hop into that slumber bag. Sleeping bag. Wow. I'm an idiot. <laughs> One more thing before I let you go. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Do your homework. Watch Slumber Party Massacre. Have a happy Halloween. Well, I'll talk to you before then. Let's leave you with another song from that band, Alien, 
off the soundtrack for The Blob. And this one is called Feel My Love. Later, dudes. Go.